listening to In the Trench. Welcome back to another episode of In the Trench. Today, I forgot my beanie. Today we have Dr. Christopher Ferry. He is a author and I have one of his books here. Where did the universe come from and other cosmic questions? We talked about a lot, anywhere from time travel to simulation theory to the possibility of extraterrestrials, possibility of intergalactic travel. Um, trying to think what else we really talked about a lot. So I'm going to make this intro very short. Thank you guys so much for watching all these episodes and keeping up the support. We really appreciate it. All, everything you guys have been sending in, um, commenting, just all the all-around support. And we really appreciate if you guys were to subscribe, comment, like, and anything else we need to ask for, Nicole? That's your support. Oh, I can't end this intro without saying, stay tuned. Okay. Sorry. Watch the episode. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no worries. It was actually really funny how I came across your your page, your book, all that stuff. Um, I actually, so we've we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now. So, you know, a little bit of the background of like in the trench. Um, and I'm a huge science nerd. Like I love space. I love, uh, I've never do dove in deep into quantum physics because I feel like it's way too complicated for me to even get started with. <laughs> but but um, I've always wanted to learn more about like time travel, the possibility of time travel, like warps, time warps, um, just everything about space. So I went to a local library and I looked for books on it and I found yours and I'm like, you know what? Let me hit this guy up, see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully he could teach me. And then little, little do I know you're an award-winning physicist out of Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of physicists. I'm just a regular physicist to be honest. <laughs> well now i wouldn't say you're a regular physicist you're definitely you're like the most prominent uh children's book uh physicist yeah well that's not something that many many academics do that's right yeah so super, super <laughs> i mean that's that's something i honestly found out about that recently i was so i'll just show you now make sure to pick it up nice where did the universe <laughs> come from and other cosmic questions. So realistically, I, I I just I'm super interested in hearing your take on your 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 outlook. I'm like a quarter of the way through the book so far. Right. Um, yeah, I mean the book the the book is it kind of it jumps it jumps all around. Um, talk, kind of going through the history of of the universe as as we understand it. And I, I wrote it with a cosmologist. So Grant Lewis is co-author in the book. So he talks about, you know, what we observe when we look out into the universe you know, through our telescopes. And, and then I talk about the quantum physics behind how, how we understand that, those things that we, we see out there. Um, you know, so like simplest example you can think of is, you know, you see stars, right? Okay, well you know what are those what are those made of right and because we understand quantum physics that uh, atoms and molecules have these discrete energy levels that we can 
actually see that in the stars and then see that those fingerprints are the same for all of the stars. And so we know that all of those stars are made of the same stuff. And then when we look at our own sun, we see that the light from that has the same structure. And so that now we know that all of those stars out there are just other suns, right? Uh, so th that's kind of like the structure of the book, like w these questions that, you know, plague scientists in the past and, and still plague scientists today and, and how we have to bring all, all of this physics from cosmology, general relativity, Einstein stuff, all the way down to quantum physics to understand what's going on out there. That's, that's crazy. That's super interesting when it comes to, I've, I've heard obviously that before in school that the stars that we see at night, they're long dead, uh, suns that exploded and we're just now getting the light something i don't understand that maybe you can help me figure out a little bit is this is first of all let me clear the air i am not a flat earther <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just yeah there's a point that has been made that is interesting to me um that how come if the earth is spinning right mm -hmm. and then every day it's spinning and it's spinning or on an axis and that axis is spinning around the sun yeah. How come every single night we see the stars in the exact same place? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, they're 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 far away, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, so you they they actually move. So if you like, I don't know, you can look up like um, you know, long exposure photos or whatever, and you see you'll see like the stars trace out circles. Right? Yeah. Um, so they that's the rotation. That you can see the rotation of, of the earth right by just noticing that you get these concentric circles of everything that's out there in uh in the night sky but yeah once the earth comes around to the same spot the next year that stars in the same same place it's not exactly in the same place like it's subtle but but it looks like it's in the same place just because they're so far away right so what you're saying is that the night sky is almost like an image and that image is it's stuck there because we're getting the light from so far away that even when we're spinning that image is still like rendering almost in our sky yeah um i mean that's that's good i mean there's there's definitely examples where you can see the stars the stars move i mean you need special you know you need really good telescopes and maybe even special equipment um but yeah you can see uh, like at the center of our galaxy astronomers can see uh stars going around the black hole at the center of our of our galaxy but you need like 10 years of data to see yeah. it, it actually go around once yeah that, that picture the first official picture of a black hole was like a pretty outstanding breakthrough in science wasn't it the... yeah it's it's incredible i mean it's awesome i hate that it was blurry <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I what I all something else I really don't comprehend is how we still can't travel. I mean, we could we could probably get to Mars if we wanted to right now, but how we still can't travel interplanetary, inter like out, outside the, the Milky Way. How do we get the Hubble telescope out there? How how did it manage to take pictures like of the black hole of the Milky Way of other galaxies? How we managed to do those things? Yeah, I mean to be honest, like the the universe hates hates us man like <laughs> it's it's a miracle that that uh 
that we're able to 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 be here and be alive. I mean, we haven't been alive very long in this scale of the universe. I mean, any minute some asteroid could come and just obliterate us. But um, you know the so there's just some things that we'll just never be able to do. Like we'll we'll never travel outside of the solar system. Um, you don't think you in know, human we'll, in human history it'll ever happen? No. No, really? I mean, like, there'd be no, yeah, I mean, any any sort of human that you could imagine, uh, it, it would just never make sense, right? Um, because you, yeah, you wouldn't be alive to, to see it anyway, right? So if you traveled to the nearest star, I mean, that's several generations, I mean, you'd be on a, you know, You'd have to have children on on the voyage, and they would have to have children because the human lifespan isn't long enough. Um, no. And I'm so, why would quarter, you do it, right? <laughs> yeah, another really, you, you just have to really love um, a cultural advancement instead of personal advancement to do something like that. Because if you would ever be like, okay, I will never get to see what the ultimate goal is my kids will never get to see what the ultimate goal is. And my kids' kids will never get to see what the ultimate goal is. But hopefully someday down the generational line, somebody will. I, yeah. I don't see where it's worth giving my life up for that, doing something. <laughs> <laughs> doing something. But maybe, maybe in the future, I've, I've, this is very like, you know what Black Mirror is? Uh, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, this is a very Black mirror is take to this. But maybe in the future, the same way we can get the Hubble telescope so far out there, we'll send genetically modified embryos already with like all the teachings they need that'll somehow get to the end frozen and then when, right when they're getting let's say 18 years before the trip is over they'll start developing i don't know maybe that's a way well i mean there's an idea it's it's called the von neumann probe so it's named after this guy um famous 19 uh, 20th century physicist john von neumann uh and you it's basically a machine Mm-hmm. that goes out and you know has instructions for how to build itself goes out uses resources on some planet builds copies of itself and then they get sent out right um and you know if it builds two copies of itself that get sent out then you know every time it visits the planet it, it doubles right so eventually this these probes will just be everywhere in the universe so I think if, you know, if humans do something that is on some universal scale, it'll be with machines, not, not, not people. So the, with machines with like some sort of human consciousness on, in, no, uh, I mean, up, just here to robots. I mean, people, there's people that think that, you know, everything has some, some level of consciousness, like even a, even a rock. Um, so it, I, the, it's not not consciousness as we know it but you know it maybe maybe the behavior might make it seem like it's alive or has thoughts or something but um yeah it'll just have that one purpose right so so go make copies of itself so you genuinely don't believe human race will ever get outside the solar system so what what's your opinion on mars because we're that's something that we're genuinely starting to try to populate mars yeah, I mean, I I don't 
possibly we'll visit i mean we visited the moon um but yeah that was just <laughs> for shits <laughs> uh you know we might we might go put a put a human on mars but it, it'll be a long time before say we 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 populate it i mean we there's there's places on earth that we can barely manage to survive right i mean i mean i've always antarctica yeah. you know the bottom of me hardly have explored the bottom of the ocean uh so yeah there's there's lots to explore here on earth you know you do want to go and you see see what's out there there's just like this insatiable curiosity but well, i don't think i won't see it in my lifetime that there'll be people living living on mars i wouldn't be so sure about that because they didn't i know for a fact elon is trying to get a civilization started but there's already been like a group of people selected as the first generation of people to move to mars it's a one-way trip to mars and i believe it's like 30 or 40 people that got selected and it's funny because one of my co-workers ex-co-workers he's he he's he was a very depressing human being he's like nobody loves me none of this so i signed up <laughs> no one's gonna miss me and i was like damn that's the saddest thing ever <laughs> but yeah well those those i mean i think if it's like I, I know of one actually and i know one of the one of the scientists that was was selected actually went to grad school with them um, to go to mars the, i don't remember there's at mars one or i don't remember there's this there is this thing right where like i think it may be the same thing we're talking you're talking about yeah. but it, you know it was like in a sense it was like a gimmick right i mean it was like some company that said they're going to do it and it's you know it's not going to happen basically oh, okay um so yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's there. There's a there's a lot to overcome. Like going to Mars, going to the moon is that it actually happened is is just mind boggling how much stuff had to go right to make it happen. You? Does it annoy you the amount of people that still believed the moon landing was fake? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. What are, your, I mean, what are your opinion on those idiots that <laughs> with those? Yeah, I. I don't know like you it's hard it's it's hard like if you you go and talk to people and you you know what you know, watch what they watch and and have a kind of understanding of of their life it's not hard to to see why they believe these things like they're part of a community there's a great documentary it's called behind the curve it's on netflix I think, um, yeah yeah I saw, I saw that one yeah and so you you look at these people and you think maybe they don't actually believe it but it doesn't matter right they're part, they're part of a community they're accepted in this community and you know it's like leaving a religion right it's uh it's, it's a cult i i believe it's a straight up it's like a cult because they go to those conventions and then in my opinion it's mostly brainwashed but then also you see the type of people who go to these things and there's definitely like a certain type of class of people that go to those conventions and claim we're in some dome where there's water above us <laughs> the sun australia is, doesn't even exist right australia australia i'm an i'm exist. an actor <laughs> <laughs> you're you're what's it called a crisis actor yeah 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 no, it's it's i i get frustrated but at the same time like i love that th those people exist because it's content for me like I, I i sometimes sit down and watch those videos <laughs> just to get a laugh but it's like <laughs> the amount of absurd things they say <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're not that impressive, right? In the end, I mean, it wasn't even a hundred years ago where 
you know, if two physicists got into an argument, they just duel and one of them <laughs> would shoot the other one. So, you know, we're like slightly evolved, you know, apes. Um, and I mean, we're, it's, it's a real, you know, it's, we're on like, we're basically just always on the, like this precipice of, of utter chaos. Like though society is, is pretty, pretty fragile. Uh, you know, it, it only works because you know, enough people agree that it's a, it's a good idea. Right. Yeah. But, but most of it's, it's fictitious, right. Economies, uh, culture, it's, it's all just, just made, just some made up story that we choose to believe. Um, so much smaller in the grand scheme of things when you think about it like i've seen those videos where it's like it's it's a person and then it zooms out and then it's a car zooms out it's earth zooms out it's the sun <laughs> then it's uh antares and then the other suns the other stars that make our sun look like a grain of rice and it's yeah. just like we're we are literally cells like we are cells <laughs> like it's what it makes me feel like but speaking of cultural stuff let me kind of what's your opinion on extraterrestrial life uh there could be i mean there could be life on other planets um, like intelligent intelligent life it's possible uh but you know the 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 distance between between stars is enormous right like just even in our own galaxy uh if some culture if some some organisms evolved and, and developed intelligence and were able to like send out signals or possibly even do some sort of interstellar travel i mean they'd be long long dead by now right like um if 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 it evolved like so the just the it's hard to imagine the distances between stars and galaxies uh, but when you think about like just how how long it takes life to evolve and how much effort would go into do like doing something like interstellar travel and like how frequently just disasters happen it just wouldn't be worth their time to even attempt it yeah i mean yeah. I mean, we think about it, right? We think about going to other stars, uh, so visiting other solar believe, systems. You don't believe at all that there's ever been a sort of encounter they've ever visited. Nothing. No. No. Okay. Like no, that. like think about what 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 would we we do like if we, <laughs> you know, say we found we found life uh, on another on another planet, exactly. and then maybe not even a t intelligent life. You know, we go. I don't know, one of the moons of Jupiter. We, we get, show up there and and space cows. Uh, yeah, I think we yeah. kill them. Human nature is yeah. destroying. Yeah. So I can you kill it? Can yeah. you fuck it? Can you eat it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's 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 what we do. It's horrible. I completely agree. Yeah. I, I'd like to believe that we would leave it alone, study from afar, figure it out maybe. But but the just the the risks involved, right? Like yeah. you, you would. Yeah, you would uh, you would quarantine it. You know, you would. Yeah, no, I mean, it would just it'd be terrible. It'd be, it'd for be them. terrible yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for... So if there was something, you know, it, something that was sufficiently more 
advanced than us, then the same thing would be true. Uh, so, and we I mean, would know, like we there's like this progress, right? There's like yeah. slow progress of of uh, you know we we're sending signals out, right? So we sent you know we sent a probe; it went beyond the solar system, but our, we're constantly just sending out information. Now all of our broadcasts are, you know. We're receiving Twi Twitter, twi Twitter feeds and things, right, <laughs> uh, are going out there, and so there would be evidence yeah. beforehand that that there's something happening on Earth and it's getting more and more complex. Yeah, it, it wouldn't just all of a sudden be show up with giant spaceships and Take ready to have a war. I mean, that war would be over in a second. I don't believe if, like again if they can't even get to us if and they're hostile i don't think we stand a chance like they have the technology to travel light years how are we going to do anything with with um lead balls that get propelled with ex mini explosions yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean i mean we could be part of a uh, we could just be a petrius for yeah. some other <laughs> for or, some other or just a simulation that's probably the scariest outlook i've seen like to think that we're in a simulation scares me like deeply because how does that make sense because i look at myself i'm real you're real my girlfriend next to me is real i'm touching her and it's like to think that maybe one day you die and you wake up in some intergalactic mall like damn that was a good vr experience <laughs> <laughs> like that well it's like, it's kind of like the the sims video game right like yeah. you have your little characters and they they play out their little lives uh, according to some rules um and maybe you know maybe in the sims at some point i don't even i haven't i haven't actually played it since like the first this. one in yeah. like 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 30 years ago whatever but uh you know maybe at some point the game gets complicated enough that the sims in the game play sims and create their own sims right and and so you think uh the the odds are against it the, the odds are, are for it i actually like that that we are some simulation right because as soon as it, as soon as we're able to simulate uh consciousness then then we will and we'll do it like on a massive scale right Test and yeah and then those 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 things will then simulate other things right and you see you get like this like regression and what are the odds that you're at the top of that chain right pretty low yeah damn <laughs> where goes my sleep for the night but but the thing <laughs> is like what why, why would you act it? if i if you could prove to me that that i'm in a simulation i wouldn't act any different i wouldn't do anything like if the things around me aren't real um you know the other people around me aren't real it's it's still it's still the case that those rules are there's rules built in so that if i you know kill one of them the rest of them are going to put me in jail right like so it, it, i wouldn't behave any differently if you could even prove that all the people around me weren't real because there's That's still true. rules right yeah. I and would... i and this is this is some experience i've ha i'm having and i'm i'm going to do what I need to do to enjoy it. That's a positive outlook into that, I guess. Still super scary. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a video game. Is 
I would find a way to hack it. <laughs> superpowers or something. If they were in a simulation, I need to be that one guy flying around. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you about, okay, so you're saying we will never travel great distances. How would you travel great distances? Would, would the only way be like to bend space? I, I don't think that would be possible. Like you just wouldn't be able to generate enough energy. Okay. Right. So, um, yeah, all the energy that we have is from the sun. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the sun doesn't warp space enough to create some sort of new structure that we, we don't, we've never seen or, or, or aren't aware of. Yeah. Um, so how could we take a portion of that energy and, and, and do it? And so it, the, the amounts of energy that we can generate limits the, you know, the speed that we can, we can travel. Um, and it's just not, not fast enough. No. I mean, we have, you know, there's ideas, there's proposals for, for how to, for how to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of them are, are semi-realistic, but, but again, like if you look at the details, it's, it's not as spectacular as people want, want to believe it is. Yeah. Do, have you heard, I mean, I have to say this, but have you heard of element 115, 115? Uh, it rings a bell. What, so what is it? I'm going to tell you what you're going to think is a fantasy story. And it might, maybe is. <laughs> But there's a guy by the name of Bob Lazar. I don't know if you ever heard of him. This all rings a bell. Maybe I yeah. heard about it at some point. So Bob Lazar was a propulsion um, propulsion guy. He, that's what he studied. He knew he attached a rocket engine to a Honda Civic in the 80s. <laughs> and um, he lived in, I want to say New Mexico. And he essentially was doing all these crazy propulsion experiments. And I mean, this is, this part's real. Cause it's like documented all this. And he got contacted by this agency called Los Alamos labs to work on a secret government mm -hmm. project. And the way he described it was that they took him to this place called S4, which is a site 15 miles West of um, area 51. And they had him work on a UFO. He said it, they, they, they say that there was, he said there was nine of them that uh, the one he had to work with, he was working with a buddy and there was like about like 15 groups of different scientists, but they would never talk to each other. You can interact. And it was just him and his buddy. And they, they each had different purposes, these scientists and their purpose was to figure out how this UFO flew maneuvered. And it's, he essentially came to the, to the conclusion that it was some sort of gravity manipulation device, gravity propulsion device. And he, he draws it, all that stuff. Like, and he describes it as when it flies, because they got it to fly. They were doing what, or, what, the story. They got it to fly and they were moving it left, right, up, down, diagonal, all these things. And it doesn't obey the laws of physics when it comes to friction or um, propulsion for that matter. So, when you have an airplane, if you want it to turn, it has to take a really long turn. With this, it's like when you have a laser pointer and you're pointing it at a wall and you can just move it as fast as you want. That's how they were describing this. And they're describing it when you're inside of the UFO that there was, like, you wouldn't feel like if it stopped, you wouldn't, like, inch forward. Like, you'd somehow 
whatever. He came to the conclusion that it was a new element called element 115 that wasn't in the periodic table back then. So the reason we even know about this story at all is because he started taking his friends out there because he started like, getting tired of all the secrecy. So he started taking his friends out to go at night because he had the, the test flight schedules. He would take his friends to go watch it at night and he even recorded it. And there's tapes. And there's also a Netflix documentary that's called Bob Lazar UFOs or something like that, but it's, you can look it up. Um, and all this that I'm saying is on there. And there's the, the, the footage of him with his friends at night, but all you see, it's the eighties. It's a really, really bad camera. And, it's you see a, a, a light an orb like move in crazy directions but it could be anything mm-hmm. and he did it with his friends so often that he got caught eventually and when he got caught they let him go and he got so scared they were going to kill him that he went straight to the press and said if i get this out there they can't kill me because mm-hmm. then it'll look super sus suspect if they kill me so he just went to george knapp which was a reporter back in the day and uh, it went viral. He told his story. Everybody's calling him crazy. They're calling him that he's like the truth. All this. The only interesting part of his story is that, for one, his story never changed since the 80s. And two, a lot of the things that he said that people like said was fake have come to be true in set time. So he talked about element 115. Element 115 was added to the PR table in 2004 because they were able to make a certain isotope in Germany, but it, it dissipated after like four nanoseconds but they were able to have Hmm. it there and he was explaining that every element has different isotopes that are stable and unstable and that element 15 is no different and that there if there is a stable version of it that's what creates that propulsion that it manipulates gravity so he was right about element 115 and its properties and then he was told in los alamos um they asked him how he used to like check in and there's a machine that would measure because they didn't have fingerprints back then, it would measure the bone length in his finger. And that's how they would identify him. And anyone's like, you're stupid, that's crazy. That machine came up 2007 as true. And that's what they used to use in CIA days, like back in the 80s. So a lot of his stuff, I just told you the whole spiel. It goes a little bit more in depth <laughs> in, the, in the documentary. Right. But it, it makes you think. Like it does, it does make you think a little bit. Well, I'm, yeah, I, we don't, like, history is full of of people that say, you know, we have everything figured out, mm-hmm. uh, and all there's left to do is, you know, m- more precise measurements, and then some revolution happens, right? Uh, so, but the thing is, every re- revolution is consistent in some way with the, the previous paradigm, right? So. Yeah. Einstein came along, came up, you know, with his theory of relativity, but it, that didn't, it wasn't like all of a sudden Newton's theories were completely useless. It was just a small correction mm-hmm. to what, what Newton had figured out. So, and the same is true of quantum physics, right? I mean, it's, it's still consistent with what we knew, what we knew before. So the idea that like one of the elements in the periodic table is somehow like going to completely rewrite the laws of physics it it just it doesn't like there's it's implausible it's just not not something that that has ever happened in the history of science and um and i think if you like if you thought about all the possible ways that that it could happen 
it just wouldn't make sense because we would we would have noticed it long ago right so the you know to create these elements you need a massive amount of energy uh and you know where where is this energy coming from right if you if you think that you can just you know do it in in your backyard right like if you think about the massive amount of engineering that has to happen to create these particle accelerators uh it, it's just you know the, the idea that someone's going to do it in their backyard is, it just doesn't make any sense does it scare you what they're doing in CERN no 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 <laughs> i'm scared uh i'm worried about CERN like the idea that they're going to create like a mini black hole or something some um I mean, they're they're speeding up atoms to or photons to ninety nine point nine percent the speed of light, and then having them crash into each other. <laughs> well, okay, so the yeah, the, so this happens all the time, right? In yeah. in the in the atmosphere, um, like it, there's cosmic rays that uh, that have way more energy than what we can generate um, at CERN, and you know. So if, so if something was was going to happen, you know, it, it would have already happened, right? Okay. Yeah. So the those the kinds of particles that they're the energies in the particles that that that, that they're generating at CERN, it's the same thing that happens in in the atmosphere all the time, but in a more controlled environment, so we can study it. Yeah. CERN. Yeah. Great. You know. I'm yeah no like it's Proud, funny like when you're, when you're when you're when you're when you're when you when you like study this yeah stuff it's like um you kind of yeah you, you, like i i watch science fiction and i like watching science fiction of course um but it's and and i'm not the kind of person that's like oh that's incorrect and that would never happen because it's just so like so far off that you just have to say, okay, I'm going to suspend belief for an hour, you know, get my entertainment and then go back to the real world. All right. So the, the kinds of stuff that people talk about, you know, that end up, you know, on, on, you know, tech, tech blogs and, and, you know, you know, all of Elon Musk fans like to like to think about um, it. It's, it's like, it's like Hollywood, right? I mean, yeah. that's, it, it's too far removed from reality. Of course. So I've been to, I've been to Sorry. Los Alamos. Oh, Los Alamos. Um, I, I lived in New Mexico for a few years. Really? Um, and uh, so there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, they do public research there and there's people that work there that don't have um, top secret um, clearance. And, and so, you know, I, as a non-American, I could go and, and, and visit uh and and you drive by and there's like ex experimental stuff happening that you're not really supposed to look at and um you know x division and all that but it's it's all just like advanced engineering stuff um I'm, there's there, there are things that probably are beyond beyond our imagination happening but it's not it's not that okay. far it's not, it's not like it's not like wild stuff right um yeah so okay. an example like a, a a good example is 
adaptive optics. So uh, adaptive optics is like you, you know, when you think about a telescope, it has like glass, right? Mm -hmm. That form a lens, you know, just like my glasses or, you know, microscope or whatever. Um, and, but it's fixed, like the shape doesn't change. And if you look out into the sky, you you can see like stars twinkle, right? And the reason yeah. that they twinkle is because the, the app, there's like turbulence in the atmosphere. And that's a big problem if you want to study stars, right? So the early pictures of galaxies and things, are, they're just terrible. There's like fuzzy stuff. Uh, and there's this story, I, I, I don't even remember who told me, um, where nowadays you have adaptive optics. So you have like a kind of like a li liquid crystal that replaces the lens. Yeah. So it, it basically measures the turbulence in the atmosphere and then, and then corrects for it um, really quickly. And people in the military developed this technology and they would go to scientific conferences and watch you know, astronomers put up these photos and just sit in the back and giggle at how primitive it was, right? And then they had this te technology. And then when it was finally declassified, it completely revolutionized astronomy. Um, but the government sat on it because it was, you know, they considered it top secret. They sat on it for who, who knows how many years, right? Um, so that's the kind of thing that, that ha what is probably happening all the time, right? It's not, um, and it's not like some wild, crazy thing. It's just some, some, some engineering uh, feat that, that they were able to achieve that provides some better technology. It makes uh, you think what else they're sitting on right now, because if they were well, the one like thing that's relevant to me is is my research is is quantum computing, right? Yeah. So, the uh, there's a global sort of effort um, to build a quantum computer. Uh, most of the tech nowadays, there's companies involved like Google and IBM who who have a lot of trade secrets that they don't they don't reveal, but for the most part, a lot of the stuff is like public that scientists publish their their findings and their research and even like google and ibm and the big players they publish a lot of stuff out there uh it's like like details like secret sauce kind of like yeah how they manufacture them that they don't reveal but the rest of it's public um but it may be the case that that some government somewhere has already built one and they're just not doing anything about it uh, the, the it's kind of like, you, have you ever heard the story of Alan Turing in the Cracking the Enigma code? I saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so he cracked it. But, but the thing is, you, you, you can't reveal that you've cracked the enemy's code, right? Of course not. So, because then they would stop using it. So they, they couldn't action every piece of information that they, they decrypted because then, then the Germans would have figured out right away that they, they did it. So that, that's, that's probably happening. There's probably instances of, of maybe even transformative technology that um, a government or, or company or, or some someone has figured out, but they can't they can't use it. They can't reveal that they have it. And it's nuts that the reason this is all a thing is because of war and power, and you don't want to give up power to another country and i feel in a way having all these i'm not a a pro 
one world order i feel like that would be super <laughs> destructive um but it's horrible that since there's so much war and division between these countries that were so held back technologically but because if, if we all work together just imagine where we'd be as a society right now um i was reading a book a couple months ago about how we are 1000 years behind where we should be because of religion for example for a thousand years and if you were interested in science or any of any stem at all you were labeled a witch or a a, a demon or whatever possessed so they would if you look at the stars or you, or you come up with a theory about something they'll just burn you at the stake so that happened over a thousand years because of religion so you'd imagine if that stupidity never happened where we'd be at the moment well, I mean, I, probably a thousand years from now, uh, people will say the same thing about us. Like we're just absorbed by, you know, consumerism mm -hmm. and and <laughs> whatever whatever's on our TikTok feeds. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, it's no different. Um, I think that there it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, you need you need some sort of competition to drive progress right if yeah. there's no like if there's no competition then then things will just stagnate i see right? i see i agree with that um it's so maybe there's a way to to simulate competition or find some new you know some some new challenge where where people can compete in a friendly way rather than for you know for resources or power but that that has to be there. Otherwise, th things will just things will just stagnate. Yeah. Let me ask you about you now. We've been talking a lot about crazy theories and <laughs> other stuff. Let me ask you about your Australian Research Council Discovery Early Career Research Award. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so that's a that's a like an award that you get uh, after you finish your PhD. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, long story short, uh, I was some kid from some farming town in Canada. <laughs> uh, no one in my family even finished high school. And uh, I got in with a good group of friends. They said, you can go to the university and you don't have to get a job. And I said, that sounds great. Um, so I followed them to uni and just constantly avoided getting a real job, staying in school as long as I could. And the, eventually they kick you out. You get, a, you get the, the highest degree you can get, a PhD, and then there's no more school. You, you can't keep going to school. I'd keep going if I could. Um, and then there's a gap between a PhD and becoming a professor, right? So professors are typically older um, and you need more experience than just like this schooling. So you usually spend, depending on the field, you know, three to five, maybe even eight years or so doing research, research only for professors. And then you're ready to apply for a job at a university, like a permanent job at a university. So in that space, there's, there, there's all sorts of awards, like the National Science Foundation in, in the US has awards. Um, the, the Australian Research Council has these awards, um, the 
this one's yeah they have these fun they always have these funny names with acronyms but this one was called uh the decra the discovery early career researcher award so um so that was like this space between when i finished my schooling and uh now that now now i work at a university and i, I could take that that funding and then do my own research to, you know to prove later on that that i'm capable of of being a professor so, so it's, get... a, it's a pretty good you know yeah. you get um the salaries in academia in australia are pretty decent compared to the us like a with these these awards in the us would be like maybe you get like a 50 to 60 thousand dollar salary something like that um which you know it's it's pretty decent it's probably a, a, a you know quite a bit above the median salary in the us in australia the things are things are a bit more expensive like everything's more expensive in australia but the, the those uh those grants are like around a hundred thousand a year you you'd get and then you'd get funding for your research on top of that so it's it's pretty generous sets you up to you know really be able to to do to do good research and then prove that you can you can hack it as a professor so you moved to australia from canada for that reason essentially for the uh yeah kind of like so okay. i i moved from canada to the u.s and did another one of these i, I had some award where i lived in, in new mexico worked at the university of new mexico for two years and then from there went to the to australia so just kind of like fo you follow where the opportunities are and where the jobs okay. are and also where the people who do research that's similar to yours is so there's a big research group in uh in new mexico that does this and and then there there's one in sydney happened to just be one of the spots in the world where there was a lot of a lot of research in the in the field that i was was studying so let me ask you what your end goal is so like if, if you could accomplish one thing and that's the last thing you accomplish what would it be <laughs> oh shit uh i don't think about goals to be honest like okay. i i just um the problem with goals is that you reach them and then you have to come up with a new one, a new one yeah. right uh so i just like to you know just whatever whatever i think is cool you know make cool shit make cool shit and die <laughs> eventually <laughs> that's uh, my goal hopefully yeah. this this stays longer than i'm alive but um <laughs> i have i do have one last question do you believe in the possibility of time travel time travel i mean we're traveling through time right now right um, yeah backwards so... <laughs> <laughs> or forward because uh, i know i know there is a way to time travel technically and but the only way you do it you'd have to move faster than the speed of light or at yeah, least so the, at the speed of light so the yeah it's it, time it's it's hard to think about because time time's a relative concept right so i'm um, if you heard like the twin paradox right where um i actually have a twin brother so we can say um i take off on a rocket ship travel close to the speed of light to the near star come back and for me because it's only four light years away the whole round trip was was uh eight hours um so i look like i've aged eight hours but for you on earth you know many 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 years ha has passed 
Yeah. Right. So is that, have I traveled through time in that scenario? Right. Um, some people would say yes. The, right. the idea that, that you can go back yeah. and change events in the past that that's not, that's not possible. Right. I don't think it is. That, yeah. I mean, well, look, there's the way, the most sensible way to think about it is the way, uh, so the, like the back to the future scenario is not possible, right? Yeah. Where you travel and you do something in the past and that changes the present. Mm -hmm. But if you subscribe to like this kind of multiverse, many worlds sort of thing, then what happens is if you, if you could travel to the past, right. Um, then you, you're on a different sort of timeline yeah in a sense right that's what so, I heard. so I, yeah. so the the that old your old present is just something that you you never have access to anymore because everything in your future is on a separate separate timeline so that that you can make consistent right that that doesn't run up against any logical contradictions and the other the other way to do it would be uh what's called a closed time like curve so if there's just a loop that never generates. So it, in this scenario where you travel back to the past and then you end up in your, in your current present at some point, then when you get to that present, you have to travel back to the past. So it's a loop, right? Yeah. Um, so you can't, you can't, you can't change something that's already happened. You could relive uh, it. But yeah, you could, yeah, potentially relive it. So do you so, think you could see into the past? I mean, we, I mean, we, we do, I mean, the, because the, because light has a finite speed, we, 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 we see past events. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, may, maybe it could be the case that, you know, events that happen on earth, we send out signals, right. And they somehow approach like some super massive black hole and they get warped around and come back. And at some later time, we, we just, we can see earth. We look out and we see earth because the light has bent around some massive gravitational object. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's possible, I guess. Uh, but it's all because light, light ha travels at a finite speed. And when you, when you look out, um, you're seeing the past, you're always seeing the past. When, even when I look at my hand, I'm seeing my hand as it was like, you know, picoseconds wow. ago. Yeah. Right. So no flux capacitors. <laughs> no flux capacitors, unfortunately. Well, it, I gotta say again, I'm really, truly grateful for having you on and I am going to plug this, make sure to go get where did the universe come from and other cosmic questions by Chris Ferry and how do you say his name? Grant, 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 Grant Lewis, Grant yeah. Lewis. I'm definitely going to finish yeah, that cheers. today.